At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Online security starts with a click. NordVPN encrypts your internet traffic and hides your IP and virtual location. NordVPN helps protect you against bandwidth throttling from internet providers where ISPs slow down your internet to get you to upgrade. NordVPN allows you to switch your your country's IP address to access Netflix, Disney Plus, YouTube Premium, etc. in other countries for cheaper prices. NordVPN offers unparalleled browsing security and protection from hacking of personal data. Get your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash 5RSN or use the promo code 5RSN to get a discount on your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free and a bonus gift at checkout. All of this is completely risk-free with NordVPN's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash 5RSN or use the promo code 5RSN and start saving with the world's leading VPN provider, NordVPN. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage? Looking for a reputable, fully licensed, insured, and certified contractor? Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. When a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. With over 62 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and Eric and their team is prepared to handle any size disaster. The guys are born and raised in South Florida, so changing the narrative on the way contractors conduct business in South Florida is extremely important to them. Their objective is to make cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed building contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There's no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle it all for you. Call or text them anytime at 561-408-7835 for immediate assistance. The number again, 561-408-7835. Water cleanup of Florida. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport 
or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code FIVE, that's F-I-V-E, FIVE, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Sports betting season is in full force. You need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MY-BETUS. And you will receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code 5. That's the word 5, F-I-V-E. They also have re-up and referral bonuses as well. Follow my lead and open an account with BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. This show is brought to you by Lewis Peters State Farm, agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the United States for more than 60 years, combined experience in the insurance industry. Local agents that understand South Florida's unique market, you have access to them 24-7, walk in, call in, click in through lewispeters.com. You can find them online on social media at SF Agent Peters, or you can call at 305-275-5585. Remember, lewispeters.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on. Uh, welcome to another three yards per carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Chris Kaufman is here with me. Simon Clancy is somewhere on the streets of Los Angeles, and I'm kind of afraid for his safety. because I think he he's not- in a stairwell. I think he's in a stairwell right now. Is he armed? No. Okay, that's a problem. That is a problem. As always, we are brought to you by Manscaped, and if you can tell, I'm going to have some things to say. And Manscaped, not about Manscaped, not no, about Manscaped, not about Manscaped. They're fabulous, by the way. Okay, twenty percent off your entire order if you use the promo code five RSN. And we'd like to welcome another sponsor to the show, NordVPN. You heard them at the top of the show. They're a new sponsor. Take advantage of that as well. Promo code there is also 5RSN. Okay. Now, they made this man, Zach Thomas, do the entire goddamn media tour this week. He did two podcasts, including one that was absolutely unlistenable for the NFL. They did this to Andre Johnson, by the way. Uh, uh, what was kind of a tell to me was that Andre Johnson only did the podcast, but... Uh, Zach Thomas did not only the podcast, he did like their, their panel and he did like their live show. So he was basically on all of this stuff. I saw Leroy Butler play. I saw Richard Seymour play. Of course. I saw Brian Young play. I'm, I saw Brian Young play. I'm, I'm kind of old. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I noticed. Um, none of those guys could hold a fucking candle to Zach Thomas as a player. None of them. Not even close. They don't even belong in the same sentence with Zach Thomas. You don't think Richard class. Seymour? <laughs> Richard's, uh, 
Richard Seymour was a fabulous player, but I guess uh, congratulations, Christian Wilkins. In 12 years, you'll be in the Hall of Fame. Um, Richard Seymour was – he was a system defensive tackle. He was fine. Yeah, he was a really good player, but this is the Hall of Fame. This is not the Hall of uh, great def- uh, system defensive tackles. You know what I mean? The Hall of pretty good. Yeah, the Hall of pretty – Bryant uh, Bright Young. Excuse me, Bryant Young. Okay, okay, Bryant Young. Uh who else made this this, this horseshit place um, in Canton? Um, let's see. Oh, uh, Cliff Branch. <sighs> he was on nice highlights. I saw. I, I kind of know his career. He was one of the first deep threats. Um, he played on on a team that had a legitimate one number one wide receiver, Fred Belinikoff, at the time, who actually did move the ch- the chains and was a much much better player. Cliff Branch was. Deshaun Jackson. So congratulations, Deshaun Jackson, for making the Hall of Fame in 2028. Who else made this this sham? Uh, of, uh, of a... Leroy Butler? I already mentioned him. I'm not even going to mention oh, him because, come on. Yeah, you're like, no, no I'm like, uh, nah, congratulations, nah, nah. Rashad Jones, on making the, the Hall of Fame <laughs> in 2026. Uh, uh, who else made this thing? Um, um, McAnally, uh, an official. Yeah, okay. What, no, uh, forget him. Uh, Vermeil was it kind of? Oh, Vermeil, Vermeil made it. Ver, Des- Vermeil made it. Deserving. Vermeil okay. can make. I get it. I, I get it. On Vermeil. Vermeil yeah, had I, to make it at some point. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand Vermeil. Uh, Vermeil, I absolutely. I get. I get that one. Yeah. Uh, anybody else? Anybody else on this? Thing? Uh, well, I, I, I also like um, I get Sam Mills. Like, you know, I kind of get Sam Mills. Uh, Sam Mills was a great player, man. Um, but I will say this about Sam Mills. Look, off the top of my head. OK, so I'm not looking anything up. He played on a linebacking core that had Ricky Jackson. I believe Ricky Jackson is in the Hall of Fame, isn't he? Uh, I don't know that, actually. OK, I, I could check. Pat Swilling. OK. And uh, Ricky Vaughn or uh, right. Maurice That's Vaughn. Right. I okay. Um, it wasn't Ricky Vaughn? Was it Ricky Vaughn? I thought it was a Ricky Vaughn. I, it was I the Dome Patrol. Let me get the let me get the, the names of all yeah, the guys. You might have to look that up. Okay. The Dome Patrol. Ricky Jackson. Ricky Jackson is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Von right. Johnson is the guy that I was thinking about. Von Johnson. Okay. Von Johnson. Okay. Really, really good player. Okay. Uh, yeah. Four time Pro Bowler, four time All Pro. Okay. Really, really mm-hmm. good player. Uh, that guy could run the lanes and he was a big, big hitter. Fun to watch. Okay. Uh, Pat Swilling. Also, oh, no, he's not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He fell short, but he's in the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, he was a two time All Pro, uh, five time Pro Bowler. Really, really nice player. Uh, Sam Mills was a very, very, very good player. Yeah. No complaints on Sam Mills from me. No complaints although, on Sam Mills. Although you could argue that, like, you know, with Sam Mills making it, that's why, you know, maybe. Uh, uh, he's a five-time pro bowler and a, and a one-time all-pro on a team that I just told you the guys. All those guys made the same amount of pro bowls, and one of them was a Hall of Famer in Ricky Jackson. And their careers span together. Uh, Sam Mills, rest in peace, great player. Also was a really good player for Charlotte, if you remember, uh, for Carolina. 
when he went to as an expansion. He was an expansion draft pick, actually, when the Saints cut him. Oh, yeah. Play, played there two years and was actually pretty good for Carolina. Sam Mills can't hold Zach Thomas's jockstrap with a with a forklift. Okay. Just different levels. It's different levels to this. Sam, uh, what's the name of the? Of, of, I keep. I, I'm I'm kind of angry right now, so I'm forgetting I, names. I, I, I can tell. Um, was it Patrick Willis, the good 49ers middle linebacker that retired early? Um, yes. He's better than Sam Mills. So I guess he should Sam be Mills. looking forward to the Hall of Fame. Perhaps. Patrick Willis. Uh, oh, oh, you know who else? Who? Tony Baselli. Oh, fuck him. Like, seriously. Uh, that's right. That's right. And we talked about this. Now you're on. We, we did talk about this. We did talk about this. Uh, Baselli, you're fine for like a three year stretch. Was absolutely spectacular. Okay. Great. Great. Or even, or even longer than that. I mean, he was, he was, he was great, but I just don't think, I just don't think you, I don't know. Like, it just, that's, that's not enough for me, but uh, it's just not. But I thought somebody, somebody brought up, I think, um, I think somebody brought up like, oh, uh, by the way, I am going to drop the mic on this one. Patrick Willis, absolutely. Guy only played seven years. Guess what? Seven Pro Bowls, five All Pros, first team All Pros, five. Oh yeah, he's going to the uh, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and evidently he's going to go ahead of Zach Thomas. I guess Zach Thomas is just going to you know he's just he's not going to make it. He's just not going to make it. But um, they're, they're not going to put him in. Somebody had a somebody brought up I think and and it might have been an OnlyFans like uh, when I you know brought up I, I made my argument against Baselli, um, and they were like, yeah, but what about Dwight Stevenson? Hmm. I was like, oh well, did Dwight did Dwight have uh, you know that short? Um, but well, yeah, here's I the thing about it was, Dwight... it, was, it was only it was only from eighty to eighty seven. I mean, you know, it's eight yeah. years. Yeah, but Dwight Stevenson gets in on sympathy and one and and because of one thing and one thing only. Uh, Marty Lyons flat out cheap shotted him in a Monday Night Football game and ended his mm-hmm. career. Yeah. And when his career ended, he was first team all pro and it ended yeah. at the age of 30. OK. Mm-hmm. And remember, this was uh, 1987. OK, 1987. We didn't have medicine like we do today. If you <laughs> tore ACL, MCL, every, if you tore every single we, ligament in your did knee, we have medicine they basically in 1987, shot you. Uncle Alf. Yeah, I think in 1987, if you tore every every ligament in your in your knee, like Dwight Stevenson did at the age of 30, 30, mind you. In a season where he was first team all pro, by the way, okay, they basically just took you out back and shot you and, and said, you know, you're worthless. You're a worthless human being. You can't do anything else with the rest of your life. You're done. Get out of here. So he gets a sympathy vote on that end, okay? He didn't deserve what Marty Lyons did to him. All right. It was an interception for fuck's sake. Marty Lyons has to cut the center. Like, come yeah, on! But you don't get in. You don't get in the Hall of Fame on sympathy like that. Well, but I the just, guy was. I'm just saying. Uh, the guy was, you know, the best center in football year in and out uh, as he played. You know, was, I think he was. Um, I think he was All Pro uh, his last four years, and uh, and Pro Bowl his last five years. Yeah. But uh, still, it's like that's fair case. Fair case to be made. Like if 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 uh, if he can get in, then Tony Baselli can get in. I agree with that. 
Yeah, and and the thing about Dwight Stevenson as well is that he's one of these uh, few guys where you know he plays center, and nobody usually notices. Uh, the only thing you notice about the center is when he gives you a bad snap from yeah, shotgun. Right, right. But Dwight Stevenson was was one of those guys that you actually watched play, and you're like, whoa, like this this is like actually fun to watch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, he was also Walter Payton Man of the Year, so you know that goes into. You know, and, and he was also a college football Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. And Bear Bryant called, think about it. It's Bear Bryant, all right? Bear Bryant called him the best football player he ever coached. So mm-hmm. he comes in with all those accolades. And then you see Marty Lyons cheap shot him in a Monday night football game mm-hmm. in a year where he's first team all pro. Mm-hmm. I think he gets a pass. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I, I think he gets a pass. Sam Mills. Uh, Sam Mills getting in ahead of Zach Thomas is just all kinds of hilarious. It just is. <laughs> it's 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 hilarious. It really is. So you're not you're not a big fan. Sam Mills is a fine football player. A very no, good I mean, football player. You're not player. a big fan. Not a big fan of the overall uh, outcome here. As well. Nah, nah. This year, when they do the induction ceremony, I'm turning my back. Turning your back. Yeah. To to turning the your to back the, on to the my Hall TV. Of fame. And I'm going to film it, too, and I'm going to put it on Twitter. I'm going to turn my back to the TV as they're inducting these guys. Turning my back to the TV. <laughs> I'm outraged. Outraged. Oh, boy. Nah, this is bad. This is bad. Like, you know, it's getting worse next year, right? You understand mm-hmm. that Andre Johnson didn't get in this time. So, yeah, that's, that's a little weird. Look, I don't, I, I'm, I'm usually, I've always, I've always, I've always, felt like living my life this way was better being like kind of optimistic you know what i mean i like to i like to err on the side of optimism instead of pessimism but i think zach thomas is fucked here do you think he's fucked really yeah this doesn't look good he's losing eligibility soon he's gonna be one of these old people that get inducted when they're dead or something like that like it's gonna be the year two two thousand fifty eight, and and he's gonna be an afterthought. Oh yeah, guess what? Uh, Zach Thomas is in the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they're gonna show grainy f- footage of him running around intercepting Steve McNair, and we're gonna and, and who knows? Hopefully we're alive by then. But hopefully we're alive, but probably not. But I don't know. Uh, I don't want to be pessimistic about this thing. This doesn't look good. It really. I'm looking at these classes coming up. It's gonna get stacked pretty soon. And I don't know when does he lose eligibility? Because lose eligibility, can you? Do yeah, that? yeah. You you go to the the senior committee mm. where they don't vote you in with the modern guys anymore. Like that's how Vermeil got in. So I don't know when does that happen. How about this? Who cares? We introduced a, a new coach today. We right? did. So we'll, we'll we'll have next year to get all pissed off about this once again because you know next year is supposed to be a loaded class. So and pissed off we will. <laughs> so we're gonna yeah we're gonna we're gonna just shake our fist at the at the TV screen next year. It's gonna be again. Okay, so it doesn't look good. It just doesn't look good for the foreseeable future. And it's a shame because he's a great guy, and he was a fabulous football player, one of the best players in the history of this franchise. But let's move on to the second greatest coach in the history of this franchise, Mike McDaniel. He was introduced today and I don't know. I'm thinking four or five Lombardi trophies is not out of the question, you know, like that's uh, that's conservative. 
in about a 22 year career. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call it 22 years, 22 years, 232 wins. How's that sound? <laughs> Sounds, Am I getting uh, ahead of myself or no? No, I think you're, you're right on schedule here. Six Super Bowl appearances. Four wins. Oh, we have a, we have a we have an update from uh <laughs> oh boy. I'm sorry. Are you seeing are you seeing Simon's update? I am not seeing Simon's update. Is it on OnlyFans? It is on OnlyFans, folks. Uh so I've been locked out of my house in Hermosa Beach. I'm downstairs stairs having a beer with my neighbor or my neighbors. The house owner is Josh Rosen. Oh God, this this night was doomed from the beginning. <laughs> this this is where Simon made his mistake. <laughs> yes, this uh, we were doomed from the beginning. Josh Rosen, wow, he he, he has that much money, huh? Houses on Hermosa Josh, Beach. Josh Josh Rosen can't even complete an Airbnb rental. <laughs> <laughs> Be awesome. Tell Simon to sue Josh Rosen. Yeah. This is, this is amazing. That is amazing. Josh Rosen really is the owner of the house. Wow. Simon, why did you do that? <laughs> like, you know, he had to have known that from the beginning, right? He probably thought it was cute, right? He probably thought, ah, oh, this is great. You know, Josh Rosen. Like, this is a story. Look what happened to him. Uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this is this is cute. This is a good story. Look what happened. You're stuck in a stairwell. <laughs> well, he wasn't a stairwell until he's having beer with a neighbor. But Josh uh, Rosen's neighbor. What we need is for Josh Rosen to show up now. Oh, that, that's please. that's what we need. Yeah. Oh, you know boy. Josh Rosen is probably inside in the hot tub. <laughs> and he just doesn't want to. He just doesn't want to let time in. Uh, locked out of his house in Hermosa Beach. So, yeah, man, Josh Rose, I guess it pays, man. First round picks, quarterback yeah. in the NFL. It's a good, uh, good jobs, well, breaking from, news. They're, they're good jobs, huh? <laughs> from franchise, from potential franchise quarterback to um, to deadbeat Airbnb landlord. <laughs> the slumlord. <laughs> to sl- Airbnb slumlord. Uh, yeah. All right, let's let's get into this. All right, let's put away the disappointment and Simon's misfortunes in, on on Hermosa Beach, or is it Hermosa, Hermosa? So it's Hermosa. Hermosa. Beach. It's Hermosa. It's Hermosa Beach. Yeah, yeah which means uh, beautiful beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like. You know, in I wonder Spanish. if Simon. I wonder if Simon thinks it's beautiful right now. <laughs> yeah, being locked out for five hours in Los Angeles, or I'm sorry, Hermosa Beach. Yeah, not a good idea. All right, everybody took uh, something different from this 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 press conference. I found it endearing. Uh, I did like a couple of his answers. Uh, just overall, what did you feel? We're going to get into some of his answers, but overall, and then we're going to get into some of this coaching staff that's trickling in by the second and the great controversy. Oh my God, they you know they canned uh, Gerald Alexander. We're going to get into that as well. Yeah, that's true. Huh? But uh, uh, overall, what did you think? You saw the you saw the press conference. Your takeaways. I hate these press conferences. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to like be 100% honest. I like deep down in my soul, like, you know, I try, see, I try, I try really hard to be a nice guy a lot of times, but I feel like I'm probably not really. Um, and, and like deep down in my soul, I just, I just have so much hatred in my heart um, in general. And, uh, and for particularly for press conferences like these, I just don't like them. They're full of shit. 
just absolute just hogwash and and like you know saying words just to say words and you know let hey let's try and inspire people with things you know that are just not all that inspiring and 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 so so i'm just setting a backdrop anyway this my my expectations are low (laughs) for this for this kind of press conference and I, i don't think i've ever i I don't think I've seen an opening press conference for a Miami Dolphins head coach that ever really impressed me. I can't remember if I watched Nick Saban's opening press conference, but I I'm, I could actually see myself being somewhat impressed by that one. Um, but, you know, whether it be Joe Philbin or um, Tony Boy, Breaking Storano. news, my wife just sent me a text and the text just reads, this is fucking bullshit. So I either did something really, really wrong or she saw the news that Zach Thomas did not get in. Or maybe, or maybe she just found out that uh, Josh Rosen has locked Simon out of his house. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that, I think that the press conference, opening press conferences that I've seen, uh, be Joe Philbin, Adam Gase. Um, I've seen Cam Cameron's. I've seen Tony Sperano's. Tony Sperano's was so awkward. We just kept saying the word A, you know, over and over again. No, okay. Uh, Cam okay. Cameron. Cam Cameron. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but it was like, but it, he said it a weird way too. It wasn't yeah. just K. It was like A, <laughs> A, you know, A, A. It was, it, was, it was really weird. But anyway, um, Adam Gase, of course, and we saw his opening press conference with the Jets. Yeah, that was that was special. Um, yeah, but, but to be uh, fair, there, there was a taco. There was a taco there was floating, a, a floating around. Taco. There was a flying taco that was. You, know, uh, that was you would keep your poise if there was a flying taco around your head. Of course not. You would. You would also have crazy eyes if you were on coke a lot. But um, so anyway, uh, I think that uh, all of these preferences. Cam Cameron. Remember he cried like um, he like somebody asked him just like the most boring question about his time with Drew Brees ever. And then he just started crying. Which is like the, uh, the worst Cameron thing did. you can do when when the wound is still open from like three years earlier. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it really it was just like, you know, oh, you know, because because Drew Brees was uh, so special to me. You know, but 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 seriously, like this wasn't so. So in this this press conference, we saw actually a, a point at which it was clear that uh, I was like, oh, God, he's going to break down, um, you know, because Mike McDaniel <laughs> started um, getting emotional talking about like his wife and talking about, um, you know, the things that they've been through together and that, you know, they've been a long way they've got a long way more to go and um and you saw some emotion on his face and but then you kind of think about that in a minute and you think about what he's dealt with in terms of uh, alcohol um addiction uh and and um he went to you know he he did go to rehab for that in uh, i believe it was 2016 um in uh, in atlanta um and so he's he's battled that and and so i think you know some some of that might have been dancing around behind his eyes a little bit and you kind of get it mm-hmm. but i mean cam cameron you're just asked you know what was it like to work with drew you know how how was your how was drew Brees as a quarterback for you and it's just and then all, and the tears start coming down it's like Do you remember man. jimmy johnson's um no i don't remember his initial his press conference okay I, I remember jimmy johnson's press conference okay at the end of the press conference i thought we had already won the super bowl Mm-hmm. It was that. It was that like boisterous and forward-looking. Really? 
Yeah. Oh, okay. oh my God. Well, you got to go back to that press conference that's and the way they that's, did it. I like that. Cause I, I seem, I think I somewhat remember Dave Juan's stats. Mm, but I, don't I don't remember. Like, I don't want, I don't remember too much about one. I'm trying to yeah. forget Dave Wanstead's. And, but or, or wait a minute. You know what? Did Dave Wanstead not have one? I think he was just he was introduced. Our, and then yeah, he said a few like, words and that was it. And yeah, I, I want to say, I want to say maybe he didn't have one. I'm, I might be, I might be confused there. I don't, you got to remember that Dave Wanstead was already on staff mm, when he got hired. He right, was the defensive right. coordinator. He was already on staff. And they were they were still going through the issue, you know, whether they're going to get Marino back or not. And um, and so I, you know, I, 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 I think he might not have had one. Anyway, I've seen them all, and they all sucked, generally mm-hmm. speaking. And uh, and I, I, I just don't, I don't like it. And I, I kind of joked around on Twitter. I was like, can anybody even imagine Bill Belichick conducting one of these? <laughs> Like conducting <laughs> an open press conference, like think about the things that McDaniel was saying and, you know, like n- n- trying to be inspiring and, and student, like, can you imagine Bill Belichick doing any of that whatsoever? I don't, the only guy I that think, used to I have... think he'd get up there and he'd be like, I'm here now. Next question. Yeah. No, the guy that I used to like, uh, press com- coach press conferences. What a, what a segue we're doing here. And trust me, mm-hmm. listener, uh, we're going to get into all of it. Okay. But that's a good one. Jerry Glanville, all-time oh, yeah. well, great. Because he was just – He was insane. He, well, he's you know. insane. I mean, it's like it's like if a – it's like if what's-his-name uh, – Terry Bradshaw started doing press conferences as as coach or something. I remember clearly one of the be- – because I used to love those – I was a Dolphin fan. I've been a Dolphin fan my entire life. But I used to love watching those Falcon teams because they kind of played uh, schizophrenic football. You know what I mean? They threw it all over the lot, and then they blitzed like crazy, if you remember. Like, you thought that the Dolphins were zero blitz happy? Our kind of team. Yeah, they they were. Like, they played crazy-ass football. And I remember Jerry Glanville one time doing a press conference, and they asked him, you know, uh, you've gone up against the 49ers, and, you know, it hasn't gone too well for you. They actually beat the 49ers to win the division uh, leading up to that week. But they asked him, you know, uh, you know, what's the elixir? You know, what are you going to do? And he was like, well, it's pretty simple. You know, since I've been here, we've never beaten them. And if I lose to them, I'm probably getting fired in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is like, that's the kind of honesty that you never really got. And of course, yeah. the guy threw a punch at his defensive coordinator on the sideline. Okay. Like, you know, I could kind of see McDaniel's <laughs> press conferences being a bit like Jerry Glanville, to be honest. Like, I, I think, like, he's, he's got he's got kind of a lack of filter sometimes. So, uh-huh. like, you know, we'll, we'll see. But uh, anyway, low expectations. I hate these press conferences. Really hate them. They're almost always awkward. Um, everybody almost always, like, you know, quotes and, and starts fawning over uh, quotes and things that a guy says that are really just not special at all. Like, and, and so I just generally hate them, but that said, um, I, you know, there are some, there are some good moments. I liked, I liked a few of his answers, uh, in there, um, particularly when they got to the Q and a, and, um, generally speaking, I think that he is working on his public speaking and he's working on being better in front of a microphone and in front of a crowd, but he is good at ordering his thoughts. Like if you were really paying attention to sort of the, the structure of what he was trying to say, especially if he was answering a question and 
he had, you know, he had a, he had a point number one and a point number two, and, you know, he kind of, he kind of ordered them well and, and expanded upon them. And, um, and it wasn't very rambling. It was um, coherent. And sometimes you're like, wait, did you mean to use that word there? And then there's something you think, think about it and you're like, yeah, no, no, that, that was right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that uh, I, he's an impressive thinker. Uh, he, from Yale and it's not not that surprising I suppose he had a phenomenal answer about uh the way he teaches players and the way he connects to players through teaching um I thought it was very heady and you know a lot of people I thought kind of um glossed over it a little bit uh for his for sort of the one-liners and stuff like that but um but I thought that answer was really heady I thought that he had a good answer for how do you you know, how do you be a leader of men or so, or, of, or be a leader of these players or, um, or whatnot. And, um, that's a big question everybody has about him because they see him as just, you know, some nerdy dude. And, um, and he just says it, he, he said it beautifully. He said that these players are under such pressure, an enormous amount of pressure that they will listen to anybody with a pulse. Mm-hmm if they if 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 they think that they can get them better they have to perceive put them yeah yeah they have to perceive competence is what they have but they have to they have to they have to perceive that you can that you can get them better but i mean like they they will listen to anybody if they're convinced that they this guy can get them better and so so his job and their coach's job is always just to make sure that they can get them better you know And, and and get them playing better football. And, um, and so I think that that's, you know, when you get to the leader of men question, that's it. You know, I I've met, I've met Kyle Shanahan. I've talked to him, you know, I've been up close with him. I've been up close with, uh, with several coaches. Um, this whole leader of men thing is, uh, is bullshit. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Kyle Shanahan always struck me as a weenie. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and so, um, it's, I like that you, uh, you, know, that you, you name drop Kyle Shanahan. I'll name drop one. I, I've met Don Shula and spoken to him on many occasions. <laughs> oh man, he's a can. I, I imagine him as being sort of a cantankerous old man, but um, nah, most... sweetest old man. Is ever. he really? Okay. Yeah, although he will give you a look after a while if he's annoyed. Depends. Where... Depends on when when you meet him, I suppose. I guess you know but um but no, I think that uh, this leader of men thing is you know is bullshit. You don't have to be some uh gravel-throated mouth breather um to 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 inspire guys and i think you said it best you know the the war analogies are just so far overdone in football yeah um that i I think that um he had a good answer on how you actually lead them and that's that's by that's by doing your job and um and being the guys who do the research and being the guys who lay down the tape and show these players how to get better and how to perform well and uh and then that's that's basically how you lead them um so he had he had some good answers there uh otherwise you know like i said i take i could take or leave these press conferences these opening press conferences in particular for the most part um but uh but there were some uh some good some good nuggets in there yeah, I learned a few things, and shout out to Travis Wingfield, uh, MiamiDolphins.com. We kind of know him. We've known him for a very, very long time. Kind of know him? Uh, I think we've known him for a really long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, he could he could be our son, essentially. <laughs> I Well, 
okay. well he could be my son i think he's uh, uh young enough isn't he or no uh yes he's he is he's i think he's young enough to be your son okay is he i think so i think so yeah has I he mean, hit 30 no he's not 30 he's not 30 okay then he can be well he did a, he, he did a fabulous he, ab- he could absolutely he, he cannot be my son mm, i don't think maybe oh come on <laughs> how old are you again i i just turned 40 alf come on i'm not that bad uh, right, i don't know how old is he I'll, how I'll, old is I'll, he I'll, that's a good I mean, question definitely in his mid-20s i think well uh you know that let's not play you know how old is travis wingfield uh, we could just ask him uh, online actually i'll just i'll just text him <laughs> yeah, text him and find out how old he is tell you know, him tell I'll him just, that, that he came up on the on the podcast today all right, I'll, I'll, I'll DM him right now. But he, he did a fabulous job in his sit-down with, uh, with Mike McDaniel. And I, I was enjoying it. Uh, I believe it's on – you could get it on YouTube, uh, Miami Dolphins' uh, YouTube account. You could see the interview there. They have it on video. I listened to it first. I didn't see it on video. Actually, I haven't sat down to see it on video. So maybe the video is a different experience. But it was a it was a great I'm not going to rehash the entire interview, but he said something that was really interesting where uh, Mike McDaniel said that and I can elaborate on it. He said that he had he does a thing called around the league where he breaks down situations and he has his team go over those situations all around the league. You know how many times I've had coaches tell me that they don't give a crap what's going out going on around the league and that all they do is they have the advanced scouts deal with all that stuff and that he wants their team his team singularly focused on the opponent of that week and the opponent of the following week well this guy's different yeah and i find that completely refreshing i never understood why you know like i one of the you know i would ask my players are you a football junkie? Like, are you going to watch the Super Bowl? Are you going to watch the championship games? The guys that go out on, you know, on championship Sunday and are, you know, playing golf. Like, I don't want those guys. Hopefully, mm. two didn't do that, by the way, because then somebody <laughs> will take me. That's a sore subject, Al. We are just <laughs> yeah, talking yeah. about this on OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, that's a sore subject. Yeah, to stop playing golf, man. All right. You're going to make us look bad. All right. Stop playing golf. Get, you know, go on a field somewhere, even if it's just throwing it into the ground. Who gives a shit? As long as they yeah. see you in shorts, people are going to be happy. I mean, nobody played more golf than Dan Marino, but still, like, yeah. Yeah, come on. Let, let, let's face it. But, yeah, I, I want my guys to be football junkies. I want my guys, as soon as they're eliminated, to watch every single playoff game. See what it looks like. Sometimes when you see what it look, looks like, you you pick up something. If, if, if you watch all those football games and you pick up just one thing that's useful next season, I think it was worth it. And this guy, as I am told, really, really pays attention to what's going on around the league and wants his players to pay attention to what's going on around the league and wants his players to be intimately knowledgeable of their division, their conference, their league. And I think that's just a great sign. And oddly enough, I, I know that there's people listening right now saying, oh, I'm pretty sure a lot of coaches do this. I've talked to a lot of coaches that don't give a crap. <laughs> they think that uh, that's the, for the pro personnel department and the advanced scouts. And I just want my team worried about the team we're playing on Sunday. You, you know, the old cliche, you know, worry about what's in front of you. 
Well, no, this guy likes to look at the the bigger picture. I thought that was a refreshing answer in that interview with Travis Wingfield, which was interesting. He was also asked uh, the fuck, Mary kill question. I don't know if you saw that part. Did you see did, that? Did he? Yes, he got what? asked that. When yes. did this happen? By a, oh, by a, a fan of three YPC, Josh Moser, who works for WSVN. Although, you know, he cleaned it up. He wasn't going to say, hey, coach, fuck, marry, kill. He asked, uh, kiss, uh, kiss, marry, kill is what he Kiss, marry, did he really? Yes. Gosh, and they asked go, him about Josh. the about the, the tree, uh, his coaching tree. And he said, kiss, what did he say? Uh, he said, kiss. What was Come on, it? you got to get this right. You can't. Yeah, let me let me look it up. Uh, I I know who the who you said about the other two. By the way, I, we were both very wrong about Travis. <laughs> really? I'm 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 old. Because <laughs> because I, I you know how you're old when you still when you still think of somebody as young uh-huh. and they're not really that young. Like I'm old. <laughs> because <laughs> travis travis is uh is 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 not in his 20s really yeah no he is not <laughs> wow so uh yeah how old was he well i don't know if i should i don't know if i should say it like on our podcast like you know like, oh, okay is that is that is that like faux pas like what what is that? I don't, not that he's like not that i feel like he's competition or anything i'm, I'm you know proud of the guy um actually by the way but, uh, uh breaking news miami dolphins have released a statement from zach thomas it was an honor to once again be among the finalists for the pro football hall of fame i won't no, no it wasn't i want to congratulate this year's class no you don't they were all great players uh kind of and are each deserving of their gold no they're not zach uh, i also want to thank the miami dolphins fans who continue to be supportive you guys are the best oh most of us are all right uh, he asked him, um, okay, he wants to kiss Matt LaFleur, marry Kyle Shanahan. He wants to kill Sean McVay. <laughs> he wants to kill Sean McVay. Yes. Really? And he says, uh, he has, he says, well, I want to kiss uh, Matt LaFleur because, you know, he, he spent the most time in the, in the, the, the meeting rooms with him. And he wants to marry Kyle Shanahan because he's been with him his entire career. And he wants to kill Sean McVay because he keeps losing important games to him. <laughs> so, oh, okay. That makes sense. You know, so yeah, uh, he was asked that question. So nice. Yeah, we got well, a I lot thought, out of I this. thought that actually uh, Travis's interview, I thought it was a great interview. Um, and, you know, Travis, a lot of people know uh, where Travis came from and why we talk about like knowing him for a very long time and, um, and you know, seeing, seeing each other like grow and be, um, get bigger in podcasts and stuff like that and seeing him join the dolphins and everything. Uh, you know, at heart, I really think that Matt, that, um, Travis is still like sort of a message boarder that wants to know things that he's not supposed to know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like, just like basically every single one of our only subscribers, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and so like, I love watching him inter- interview Mike McDaniel because he, he comes up with good questions, you know, yes. Travis does. And, and I think that that's an issue sometimes that I don't see, um, great questions, um, sometimes, uh, from people that are, especially in, in the past that have worked for the dolphins, uh, the Miami dolphins.com. Um, but, uh, anyway, um, and McDaniel doesn't have a great filter, at least not yet. So I was kind of watching that interview. I was like, is he going to drop stuff? 
you know, is he going to drop stuff by accident? Is, yeah. is Travis going to kind of like, is Travis going to like try and kind of try and like accidentally coax stuff out of him because he can't help himself. And then like McDaniel's going to accidentally drop stuff because he can't help himself. Like it was just like, it was perfect combination. Um, but, I, and I don't think too much of that happened, but I thought that the, it was interesting. Like one, uh, McDaniel definitely tries to make it clear every time he can that he has coached every single position on the offense. And he made it clear again, he is, he has run the wide receivers room. You know, we know that he's coached uh, the running game and been involved with offense. By the way, let me say, let me, let me interrupt you for a second. He kind of tells you his, and I hate, I hate guys that tell you the resume every five seconds. He kind of tells you the resume without telling you the resume, which is a great quality, right? He alludes to it a lot. And, um, and I think that, uh, I think that, the other thing that he said that was interesting he was he was asked to address the defense and he wasn't really asked directly i think that in this press conference this opening press conference today um but again but with travis travis asked him and um he had some interesting things to say and that he started out with basically the line if you're not getting better you're getting worse Mm-hmm. And so he kind of he he kind of had a change emphasis when he was um, when he was talking about the defense and like you know how it needs to you know like you said if you're not if you're not getting better you're getting worse and so I think I thought that there you know thematically that felt like a change call mm-hmm. and um, and so you know we we're speculating about oh is josh boyer going to be the defensive coordinator what's going to go on with defense you know stuff like that i felt like change was in the offing like when i when i watched that interview and that that's kind of the one of the big tidbits that dropped out of that um the interview today i don't think he let up anything that he wasn't supposed to but you Mm -hmm. definitely got a clearer picture of what he views himself to be as far as a coach what he views his coaching staff to be in their relationship with the players which is to say um almost sort of like equals you know they're they're equals in this and their um their job is to do the things the players don't do so that the players can go ahead and do things that the coaches can't do you know and and so i think that um i thought it was interesting to hear him talk about, you know, theories about how to connect with people from a learning standpoint and teaching them theories about how um, to, uh, you know, to keep their attention span and, and things like that. Um, so, yeah, he had he had some good ones there. Yeah, he even talked about. Yeah, he talked about the how he he personally would edit videos to. Yeah. Right. Yeah, to try to retain players' attentions, which is, you know, it's it's a great answer. It really is. What did you make sure. of the 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 of course it was professionally done, but he called our, our starting quarterback bro three times in a in a phone call that was obviously staged, right? Or do you believe that that was absolutely legitimate? I don't I mean well, I'm not saying I, that he didn't have, talk to anybody. I'm saying I have a different perspective on. I think he did talk to Tua. By the way, for all you people out there putting yeah, out the conspiracy theories, you know. And, and by the way, somebody was just hilarious. Somebody put my picture in Tua's face uh, on the phone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I thought like, somebody was great. Do you remember the picture of like uh, his daughter like looking up at him while he was signing yeah. that uh, ceremonial contract? Yes, I, I think somebody superimposed uh, to her to a smiling face from the uh, from the FaceTime. <laughs> yes. Like, 
up on his daughter's like head there and uh looking up at you know looking up at mike mcdaniel as he's signing the but anyway um i was that staged i don't think it was staged i think it's what like make of it it was really really i mean okay it is is the phone call is the phone during the draft when the player is getting called from the team that's about to draft him I, and and he's being told you know that uh, that he's that he's going to be part of the team and and then the coach you know says some words to him do you consider that staged do you consider that because i it it's it might be something that Tua Tua might have known that he the, the guy was going to call beforehand just to make sure that he's like at the phone you know but that yeah. doesn't mean that doesn't mean it's staged to me you know like it's, it's so and, and somebody decided to somebody made the decision like you know hey we're still on the flight but hey let's call Tua mm. <laughs> you know yeah. let's let's see let's see if we can get Tua on the phone and um and then you know somebody calls to hey are you there and then like hey Mike McDaniel wants to talk to you and we got you know the camera in the background and um and McDaniel actually even had to tell him at one point you know hey oh yeah we've got we've got the camera yeah, like, so Tua wouldn't curse or, or yeah, I don't, right, I don't right. believe yeah, he does. Just, I don't think he curses, by the way. No, I don't think he does anyway. But um, but yeah, so so I was that staged. I don't think that was staged. I think um I I think that from that moment it's it's gonna be interesting because you know what we've heard and all the signaling has been about you know recommitment to Tua this offseason. We're not playing around with the Deshaun Watson crap anymore. Um you know, you're not going to see them going after like a Jimmy Garoppolo or something like that, contrary to some speculation. You know, everything that we've been signal is this is about Tua. This is about like bringing a guy that can um, that can give him the best chance he's going to have. And you know, and it's it's like okay, well now we'll know, right? Because because um, this guy is coming in, and it it kind of makes me think all the way back to before even Tua was drafted, and you're seeing articles come out you know, about like, Hey, Tua met with the dolphins and he was really put off because somebody like somebody in the meeting acted like he didn't even want him, you know, and, and I'll give you three guesses who that was. Um, you <laughs> there's, know, video, and, and, there's video of draft night. The guy that calls Tua is Chris Greer and Chris Greer says, ah, happy to have you this and that you know, very boilerplate and very right, basic right. stuff. He is nothing if not boilerplate, Chris Greer. Like his yeah. entire existence is boilerplate. And by the way, I don't get that look, man. That suit with the cap. By the way, the nice cap, the white cap with the white logo and just the aqua outline. Beautiful cap. But why does he have to keep wearing a baseball cap? Is he like self-conscious about his I, his hairline like I am? You know? I cannot, I cannot, I cannot say. <laughs> he has to be, right? Because <laughs> he's constantly wearing a ball cap. But, but anyway. All you got to do is just go back to the video, right? And what happened the next day when Brian Flores called Raekwon Davis? He was giddy like a schoolgirl, remember? Oh, God, yeah. Wasn't he? He was like, ah, happy to have you. Can't oh wait God. to have you All down here smiles, for rookie camp. laughing. You know, he's got his kids running around like, you know, we got Raekwon Davis. You know, like, uh, I mean, it's it's uh, seriously, yeah. And, and and with but with Tua, it's like, hey, how you, you know, doing? He, he was putting he was he was off putting from the get. You know, and and it wasn't. And again, I say this. Everybody's gonna. All oh, that means he didn't want to. He wanted Herbert. No, nope, not true. Not nope. true. You know who? You know who Brian Flores wanted? He wanted not Herbert. Yeah. Whoever was not Herbert. Anybody but Justin Herbert. You know. Um. 
he he was he and was the theory that was that. out there and it's been corroborated by a couple of people a couple of people have told me the same thing is that he wanted a big person and then possibly jordan love later on yeah he was a big jordan love fan but um but so but he knew that five was too high for that mm. um so he he wanted not herbert and um and so i think that that's where the uh that's why the the eye fell on um on tua at five so um but anyway like off-putting from the start like right from the jump before the draft after the draft and then and then you know you think about you think about his rookie year and how he's he's just very suddenly with very little warning thrust into the starting job against you know thrown to the wolves essentially against we remember we were bad at the time Mm. and um and uh and they threw him in against the rams who were like the best team in the league at the time and um and we had no chance supposedly no chance in that game and heading into that game like everybody was like wait you did you just bench ryan fitzpatrick like nobody saw that kind of me chan chan gailey found out about it on tv like (laughs) he he was like there was no signaling of this beforehand like the he had no idea what what he was even thinking what uh flores was even thinking so he gets thrown in the wolves against the rams Uh, he does all right um he has a little bit of a slip up against the broncos and he gets benched you know, and mm-hmm. and so um, so I the relationships seem to have like just started off bad from the start. Um, and so when you hear stuff about, you know, is Tua is Tua a first in last out guy? Um, does he is he at home studying the playbook instead of playing golf? You know, that, that sort of thing. You know, I, I, I really believe that Tua at some point started to question whether he was ever going to win with um with with brian flores like if anything that he was mm-hmm. ever going to do was ever going to be good enough for him mm-hmm. um and so i kind of wonder if you know right away from the jump with mike mcdaniel you have not only a guy that, whose explicit job is to schematically get him better but a guy who his very first phone call as he's being flown on the private jet um to the dolphins facility his first phone phone call facetime is to tua he's calling him bro all the way all the time i mean he's he's really laying it on with the guy like you know hey man we're gonna we're gonna do great things together we're gonna you know all this stuff um and the commitment is just so thick that you kind of wonder if the only things you're ever going to hear about Tua Tunga Vailoa's work ethic from now on are going to be like actually really good things. Mm. You know, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tua himself changes a little bit. And, um, and I certainly wouldn't be surprised if the, the on-field um, product changes a little bit just because of the better relationship and the, um, and, and the clarity, the, the offensive clarity that you have when you have a singular guy, you know, kind of, in charge of the offense, making it his vision. Um, and, and we, we certainly didn't have that last year. Yeah, no. And, and, and let me say one thing. Um, and I think this will be the last that, that we'll talk about Mike McDaniel in about the, the press conference. And we'll talk, we're going to get into the, his staff that's starting to take some shape, but uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's yards per attempt. I don't know if you saw it, but it's kind of inflated. I had a little fun with numbers that happens for Tua. Tua could have a monster year here coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you explain it? Because I can't. 
Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't all that great, but his yards per attempt is insane. Is that just Debo Samuel running around? I think it's just Debo Samuel. <laughs> and you know the best <laughs> George the Kittle. Best, you know, like and and um, two is the guy that got phone called from McDaniel on the way over. But the guy, the guy who's going to be the guy who's going to be jumping up and dancing uh, out of pure joy is actually Jalen Waddle. Absolutely. Because if you look, if you look through the history of um, Kyle Shanahan's offenses, you know when he has a good. <laughs> you know that yeah. way a guy who can get really get open at different levels of the defense and um and and be reliable that way and and Jalen Waddle I mean listen we knew this guy was a deep guy right we knew he can just blow the doors off with speed vertically like we always knew that and and go up and get it like at the at the top there we always knew that that's not that's not a problem and we knew that he was a screen guy you know you can you know, run after the catch and that sort of thing but like the fact that he became like the I can get over uh, open on any number of short routes, you know, mm-hmm. ki- kind of guy. That guy, um, y- he's he's basically like a very short s- distance away from being the num the infamous number one receiver, the guy who can do everything. Um, and when Kyle Shanahan has had that in his offenses in the past, I, I mean, go look at the numbers that. Go look at the numbers that guys like Andre Johnson and um, and Julio Jones have put up in Kyle Johnson or in Kyle uh, Shanahan's offense. Non Hall of Famer Andre Johnson, you mean? N- yeah, non and, and uh, it's not like Andre Johnson is a Hall of Famer or anything. <laughs> oh, and uh, non Hall of Famer Reggie Wayne, and we're gonna get into uh, Curtis Johnson in a little bit. Who Reggie Wayne? Who non Hall of Famer Reggie Wayne uh, credits with you know teaching him how to play the position. So, <laughs> but know. I mean, seriously, you look at it and, and it's not just, okay. You're like, oh, that's Andre Johnson and Julio Jones. But I mean, also Pierre Garçon with the, with the Washington mm-hmm. Redskins. I mean, he had like a 1400 yard year or something like that with the Redskins one year. Um, you know, you look at, look at it and, and look at what George Kittle did. George Kittle does as a tight end. He had like a, what are you? 1300 yard year or something like that. Yeah. Um, with, mm-hmm. and that that's as a tight end. That's insane. Um, so I think that, uh, I think that, the guy jumping up for joy is actually going to be Jalen Waddle because they will feed him the ball, I think, in the passing game. And yeah, the running game is going to, is a big emphasis. I get it. Um, with uh, with Mike McDaniel, and it's going to be zone, and he's going to outside zone, and they're going to really they're going to really attack it. And I think that he is going to adapt into his offense a bunch of RPO stuff because you know he's he's adaptable. Um, but yeah, so I think that uh, watch out for those Jalen Waddle numbers next year, man. Especially in a seventeen game season. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't wait to see them build this roster on the offensive side of the ball. Of course, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Gerald Alexander. Uh, he's a guy that you figured, man. He has to be safe. He's only been here two years. This has been his only NFL job. He's done a pretty good job. Uh, players like him. Fired today. Uh, what did you make of that whole episode today? Uh, first of all, we didn't even know if he was fired or not. It was explicit explicit in Omar Kelly's tweet. No, he was fired. He was not. He did not ask for his release. Like, uh, like some speculated, I speculated. Like maybe he did ask for his release. Maybe he wanted another yeah. job. Remember, he played so. for the Jaguars. Uh, maybe you know that's not a terrible job. Now you got Doug Peterson. You got to figure that Doug Peterson has some, you know. He has some clout, 
I would say. But they they hired their defensive coordinator already. Yeah, but maybe maybe a lateral move uh, yeah. was in in mind maybe, and and who knows? Uh, that's what that was my thinking. Okay, if he shows up in Jacksonville tomorrow as the defensive backs coach, then I you know. But no, that's not what happened. Uh, evidently, he was just told, "You're not in our plans." Uh, goodbye, Gerald. Uh, yeah. Your thoughts on on that dismissal? Uh, I think that uh, it's a little bit surprising, but it kind of I think it. Um, well, you know, it. Let me put it this way: If Vic Fangio is going to be our defense, and I'm not saying he is, mm-hmm. uh, but there's speculation around it. If Vic Fangio is going to be the defensive coordinator, he's probably not going to have Gerald Alexander as his defensive backs coach. No, he's uh, and and I I guess I could say this on the podcast. He, I think he would go pretty hard after Christian Parker, which yeah. is a defensive backs coach for the Denver Broncos. Although he's under contract, he was there just last year. But he's, uh, I guess he's Gerald Alexander light. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like he has the same but, reputation. He's an up and coming star. But why would Denver let that guy go? Right. But it's also it's also fair to say that it's being reported that um, that Fangio might be interested in taking a consulting role with the 49ers this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not saying he's coming. I'm just uh, so if if Fangio's he's probably bringing his own defensive backs coach. Um, and if you read between the lines of you know like Gerald Alexander's wife took to Twitter and was um, was talking about. She was pushing back on the narrative that um, that the defense got better because Flores took over the play calling from Josh Boyer. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that you know it was because it was because Gerald Alexander went from the sideline to the booth, and he had a he had a lot to do with it. Um, to me, that's you know some people are oh she's she's talking she's talking dirty about Flores. I don't think that was necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but one, one guy that, you know, I probably wouldn't think would like to hear, would like hearing that, like all about how Gerald Alexander was, you know, the great defensive backs coach, um, that is, that got the whole defense better by stepping up into the booth is, is Josh Boyer, who was the defensive backs coach and became the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And so I think that whether Josh Boyer is going to take the defensive coordinator job under Mike McDaniel, or it's going to be somebody like Vic Fangio, Gerald Alexander kind of positioned himself as being welcomed by neither. Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, and so I, that, that could be, that could be what's going on in, in the minds of people inside the building and why he was ultimately dismissed today. Um, and maybe they were just maybe they just started to worry that you know he's he's not really with us at this point um and so we don't want him to have access to us i think that that would hold a lot of water if charles burks who is his deputy and who's a guy i was told specifically and but i was also told Gerald alexander and austin clark by the way that those were guys that were more that were safer than not if Charles Burks is handed the job as defensive backs coach under, I guess, Josh Boyer, I think that that speaks volumes, doesn't it? Doesn't it, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that at that point, it would be, you know, maybe Gerald Alexander Ray picked up his head a little too high. Um, yeah. And, and that's, uh, 
that could have been that could have been what ultimately ended him. All right, but they do have some coaches that are coming in, uh, namely Wes Welker. Yep. And, and John and, John Embry. And John Embry. John, let's start with John Embry because he's getting. Uh, is it is it official? He's getting an assistant head coach yeah, I, I think title. So. I think so. I, okay. I don't know if it's but he replaces he replaces George. I think it's official till they announce it. But he replaces George Godsey. And let me say this: I know a lot of people hate George. <laughs> yeah, they they want to uh, they want to assign all the blame to all our problems on offense to to George Godsey. Uh, John Harbaugh just hired him. Um, yeah, I don't think he hires slap dick coaches. Right? <laughs> does he? He does not. He does not. He is. <laughs> okay. He is one of the best. He he might be the best. and one of the best one of if not the best that i can think of at putting together staffs consistently and um so, in the nfl i don't know i don't know no, about that i mean one. charles charles or sorry uh, yeah gotsy is um is a good coach i think um i don't know if he's like top of my list if i'm thinking of good offensive coordinators but i think he was clearly dealt a challenging hand um with not only the personnel issues that the dolphins had with uh, the offensive line in particular, the running backs, et cetera, but also this this weird co-coordinator thing, but also like, yeah, we have co-coordinators, but now Charlie Fry is the play caller and, you know, and, and then, and then Brian Flores is stepping into the, into the uh, microphone and calling plays too. And, and then, uh, and then, oh no, wait, no, we're going to give the play calling back to, to God and George Gotzi and, um, and, you know, the, I've heard some things over the over the months about Godsey and what he wanted to do and what Flores wouldn't let him do and you know and and sort of the um, the the butting heads that was happening between those two and then also with the play calling shenanigans and who is the play caller and how many people are play calling at this point and it was it was so challenging it was just chaotic. And you put that together with the personnel issues. And I heard over the last, you know, couple of weeks, a couple of months, those offensive meetings were just shenanigans, like just total shenanigans because Brian Flores was sticking his nose in there and had a completely different opinion from George Godsey over what the, um, over what the strengths and weaknesses of the team were and, you know, what the game plan should be. And then, but also, you know, um, maybe Eric Studsville had a completely separate opinion too um, than those two. And, and so there was just total disagreement. Uh, they couldn't even agree what the strengths and weaknesses of the team were and what they should be doing. And against, Brian uh, Flores against- may or may not have called two series this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, so I think that I think one of them ended in a touchdown, by the way, total, total disagreement, total disagreement about, um, about the, the very foundation of how we should be calling these games or how we should be forming these game plans based on the strengths and weaknesses of the team. And so it was just nuts. And George Godsey, I mean, he, he is, he is off to Baltimore and I, I have it on very good authority that, um, that he is, uh, that he is like, you know, uh, good riddance to first-time head coaches. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would say I'm, so. He is, he is not doing that again. He is not because he, he was under Bill O'Brien as a first-time head coach. He was under um, Matt Patricia as a first-time head coach, and then he was under Brian Flores as a first-time head coach, and he's just like, F this noise. I'm not doing this again. Um, on John Embry, uh, I guess, you know, 
two things we can say about John Embry. All right. George Kittle absolutely swears by him. And he's coached some really good tight ends to big, big years. Christian Farah, Daniel Graham, Mercedes Lewis all had career years. Tony Gonzalez. Do you remember Chris Cooley? I do remember Chris Cooley. Okay, big year under John Embry. Uh, Jordan Cameron, remember him? That's a name you haven't heard in a while, have you? I haven't heard that name in many years. (laughs) Yes. All of those guys that I mentioned, all of them, career years under John Embry. George Kittle absolutely swears by him. Uh, I remember when they brought him up this week that, oh, you know, he's going to come in for the Dolphins. I was like, wait a minute. Because all I remembered was that he was awful at Colorado. And sure enough, I was like, man, I remember that. Did he even win a game at Colorado? Looked up his his, his record. He was 4-21. and 21. Yeah. <laughs> that's he, not good, is one, it? <laughs> he had a 1-11 year there. No, yeah, that's not no. good. At Colorado? <laughs> pretty pretty bad. But but I think the point I put, I think the point stands that he's coached all kinds of different tight ends, you know. Yes. Because when you've when you've coached Christian Faria and um and and like uh, Chris Cooley and and then Jordan Cameron and you know all these and these future Hall of Famer and, Mercedes Lewis and Mar- and Mercedes Lewis and um and now you know you've got um you've got George Kittle you know I said this before I kept talking about this with respect to Mike Gesicki and whether they're going to keep him or not I don't know the answer to that I mean he's he's set to be a free agent but they could probably they oh could that's an inside joke act. between me and Simon uh Mercedes Lewis if you look up his numbers his numbers are better than every single tight end in the Hall of Fame except like one <laughs> <laughs> but um anyway I think that uh I think that he's coached so many different types. I mean, Daniel Graham is a totally different tight end than, than some of these guys, Tony, he's Tony Gonzalez was a different kind of tight end. Um, Sometimes George Kittle is just George Kittle and everybody's like, well, who's going to be our George Kittle. And so they're taking a guy like, um, like Hunter long and they're trying to make him George Kittle or they're, they're looking at Mike Kosicki and they're saying, well, he's not George Kittle. And I think that um, that's a mistake. And I think you have to look at the past tight ends that have played in this offense, whether it be guys like Jacob Tammy or, um, or uh, um, Owen Daniels or uh, in, in Washington, they had, uh, they had Jordan Reed, you know, they had Jordan Reed when he really started to go off before he got injured Um or Jordan Cameron, they had Jordan Cameron in Cleveland in 2014 before that was after, after John Embry had him in 2013 and then John Embry moved on to somewhere else and moved on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, you know, the, the Kyle Shanahan and, and his crew had Jordan Cameron in 2014. And, you know, that was clearly a very Mike Gesicki like, um, like tight end. Uh, they've used that kind of tight end before. And, you know, John Embry has coached that tight that, that type of tight end before. So, you know, don't make assumptions. Like what, what I sense out there is way too much certainty mm-hmm. that Mike Gesicki just does not fit, period. And I'm like, you, we should not act like we know that. We should not act like we know that. It may be the case. I don't know. But we really should not act like we know that because there's enough evidence of past usage of guys that look like Mike and play like Mike Gesicki in Kyle Shanahan's offense and being coached by John Embry that, mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, it actually it, arrow might be up for Gesicki for all we know, you know, mm-hmm. being coached by somebody like Embry, 
No, I did a lot of a lot of film work on on the 49ers, man. They like to use some 13 personnel on first down. You don't think that Mike Gesicki could be useful in that in those sets? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. So well, basically is like it's it's basically more like uh more like um like 12 personnel or with um mm-hmm. with with Mike Gesicki on the field. Because you know, it's more like a, your thirteen personnel has a twelve personnel flair to it when when Mike Kosicki is one of those tight ends. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, moving on to just to confirm, and then we're going to talk about the guys that have been in here for interviews. I don't believe Curtis Johnson is a sure thing yet. So let's talk about the sure thing. Wells Walker, that's been confirmed. That's a uh, there. Is Wells Walker a Hall of Famer? By the way. Uh, yes, clearly. Are you sure? <laughs> He played for well, the Dolphins. Know. I don't know. He might be screwed. Well, you know the. Oh, that, I guess that's true. No, he's a he's a he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, if if Cliff Branch is going to the Hall of Fame, and you know uh, Tony Baselli is going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wes Walker is coming to town. He's back. He didn't have to sell that house in Plantation, so you still have your house there. So it's it'll be it'll be a welcome sight. He only played here, I believe, two years, right? For a year and a half, he was undrafted out of Texas Tech. Do I have that right? Yes, it was Texas Tech. Man, he was a big um, what's his name? Uh, the uh, why am I forgetting his name now? The uh, the coach, the famous uh, the famous coach, Texas Tech, Washington State. You know now. Um, Where is he now? Is he Mississippi State now? Um, oh yeah, uh, yeah that 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 that. that crazy he loves pirates i keep forgetting his name yeah yeah why are we why do we not why are we not know mike leach god yeah mike leach he was a he was a mike leach he was a mike leach guy Um, yeah he's yeah he's absolutely crazy but Mm -hmm. (laughs) but but fun like a jerry glanville but like you know but just like jerry glanville if jerry glanville were like um kind of a sloth yeah yeah he's 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 not he's not great okay (laughs) You know, uh, he's not well. Let's just say that. You know what? He's Jerry. He's Jerry Glanville at like three quarters speed. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So Wes Walker, uh, Debo Samuel actually credits him with getting him into into shape for this past season. If you look at Debo Samuel's career, it's uh, decent. Then, eh. and then this year he's just completely. Like, you know, completely off the page, like uh, almost MVP candidate Debo Samuel. He credits Wes Welker with some conditioning that that he did with him in the offseason. You know, he doesn't have a long track record, but I guess this is, you know, arrow up, right? He's he's one of these young coaches and he's going to have the energy to do the job and he's going to have some some good players, at least one really good player to to work with. Uh, Any other thoughts on Wes Welker as a hire? No, I just know that it's interesting that uh, Debo Samuel was like asked who the next Mike McDaniel was, and he said it was Wes Welker, and so the Dolphins wow. got Mike McDaniel, and then they picked up Wes Welker. <laughs> so, so now Debo Samuel is left with like, okay, well, who's next, Wes Welker? <laughs> uh, Debo Samuel was really effusive with all the praise, man. You know, he was. If you like, was. if you like these guys so much, you understand you're a free agent next year, right, Debo? True. You know, maybe now is a good time to like fake an injury. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what? Maybe, maybe Debo <laughs> is like uh, positioning himself. You know, maybe he likes, he, wa- he wants to go back to the East Coast. By the way, quick segue. Uh, and then we're going to get right back into these guys. 
Uh, Jarvis Landry getting cut. Any interest? Not for me. Okay, interesting. That's a that's for a future show. I have some interest. Guy plays you know, good football. Oh, yeah. I kind of like good football players. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it, but not for me. Not for me. Yeah, he doesn't really fit either. Uh, they want speed on. Yeah. They want speed on this team. I, I, I would I'm say. not sure that he fits. I'm not sure that he fits. All right. Um, Charles London uh, interviewed and then disappeared into the ether. Nobody knows where he's at. Um, thoughts on him? I don't know too much about him. I like, don't really know. have many thoughts, quite frankly, on he or Curtis Johnson. Whether that's um, whether that's confirmed or not. I, I Curtis Johnson, I've looked at in the past, and I thought that he he would make a good candidate to um to interview. Um, but you know, I don't. That doesn't mean I really know him. I just know I know the resume a little bit more. Uh, there are people that know him better that have covered him that have you know, et cetera, um, that are, that really swear by Curtis Johnson. Um, so we'll see on that, but I don't really know much about too much about either of these guys personally. Yeah. Charles London played at, at Duke was a graduate assistant, worked his way through the NFL as a running backs coach. And then all of a sudden he pops up in Atlanta as a quarterbacks coach. Um, he interviewed for OC, but I would, I, I would guess that Curtis Johnson, if, He's also interviewing. He has he has a pretty damn good resume, uh, Curtis Johnson. Uh, I could see him getting if he's not obviously he's not going to be the wide receivers coach, so he could be OC and passing game coordinator. That makes a lot of sense to me. He's also you know you, you kind of want to get an old head in there, somebody who's been seasoned, been around the league, been around the league for a while. He's also sixty years old. You want to you know there's I don't know this the staff is kind of skewing a little young. Maybe you want a little older guy there like Curtis Johnson. Uh, I saw that name and I perked up. Um, I kind of like the hire if it happens. I don't know if you have any other thoughts on that. No, not really. All right, moving on to the the defense. We talked about Vic Fangio. Uh, Maybe by this time next week, we will have a defensive coordinator. Is it as simple as maybe Josh Boyer is getting this job? He did interview. That, that that's well, a fact. I, I just hope that we have one by like August, <laughs> somewhere around there. <laughs> so, do you think that Josh Boyer gets this job? It's it's I don't know if it's pointing that way, but or do you think that there's going to be somebody else to get it? Somebody else we I don't think, see. I think I think there's somebody. I think I think there's something in the works there. Yeah, and it's not clear. It's definitely not clear. I don't, I, and I don't mean like I mean something other than Josh Boyer in the works. I get, I get the sense, I get the sense they are trying to do something else, trying to go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, they might. I, I wonder if, I wonder if they might be taking a blow if, um, if Vic Fangio was kind of flirting with them, but now is deciding that he wants to just be a consultant for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Like that might be, that might be something. Maybe they maybe they had that in mind and they were working toward it. And then, and then they got disappointed. I'm not sure. Um, I don't have information on that saying that I'm just, um, you know, I'm kind of guessing. Um, but I think, I think they're working towards something that's not Josh Boyer. That's my gut, my gut feeling. All right. And I've heard some people say, you know, hey, what about Raheem Morris? Um, you know, cause you know, he's, he's you know, in the Super Bowl I on did Sunday. Find that, I did find that interesting really interesting that um when when mike mcdaniel got up there and he starts naming names 
of guys mm. that influenced him over the years. Okay, so I, I put together the list of all 118 coaches that, you know, that Mike McDaniel has, has uh, coached with in his history, right? So, you know, I, I knew that he had coached with Raheem Morris already. And, um, and, and so, I, and I know that he's actually coached with, with Bobby Turner, like, you know, he's coached with Kyle Shanahan, I think a total of like 14 years. Mm. Um, and, uh, and I think that he's coached with Bobby Turner, almost as many years as Kyle Shanahan. He's coached with Bobby Turner 11 years. So like when he gets up there and he's talking about, you know, he's thanking the Shanahan's, you know, Kyle and, and Mike Shanahan, he's thanking the, the, the LaFleur's, both of them. You know, I know these are guys that they, um, they worked with and then he talks about Bobby Turner. I'm like, you know, this is, this all makes a lot of sense to me. Bobby Turner has been with him as long as, uh, almost as long as Kyle Shanahan. He owes his career to Kyle Shanahan. Mike Shanahan gave him his first job. The LaFleurs, obviously, they all came up together. Uh, McVay, I think he mentioned McVay. Then he says, and Raheem Morris. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting. He's been with Raheem Morris a total of four years um, at a, in his career. Um, he's been in the NFL. We've, we've talked about this before. He's been in the NFL 15 years. Um, why do you say Raheem Morris and not Robert Sully? You know, like, like I, I'm cause he's been with Sully for seven years and Sully and he were both, um, assistants, you know, working right next to each other, you know, right across from each other. They're both you know, he was the defense or Sally was the defensive system. Mike, Mike uh, McDaniel was the offensive assistant. I mean, and Sally has said some really great things about McDaniel. Um, and, you know, he, he's like, I don't want him in the division and, you know, stuff like that. Um, but he didn't say Robert Sally. He said Raheem Morris. And I thought that was really interesting to me. Hmm. And so I am, you know, yeah, that's, that's, I'm like, okay. I'll, I noted that. I noted that. Yeah, and, and it, it would make a little sense, I would say. Uh, can you poach him from the Rams? I guess with, a, with an upgrade in title, more money. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know that they. I don't can. know what is unless unless is is you know what's his, is his contract going to be up? I I, I don't know. No, well, I guess I get. He, he it's only a just second got year. There. Yeah, it's a second yeah. year there. So no, this is his first year there, isn't it? Not to twenty. Uh, is it? 2021 was his first year. So yeah, yeah, this, this is his first I guess, year. I guess it was his first year. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think that's interesting. Yeah. All right. You know that they're playing a game on Sunday, right? No. Really? No. Uh, people seem to really, really care it. about this thing. Not really. Yeah, really? I'm not, I'm not your football junkie. That's going to be on, uh, that's going to be on. Well, you I see, mean, you, I am, you can't I am, be my wide receivers am, coach I, then. I am, but I'm not. I am I'm I am a football junkie, but not maybe not maybe not the one that you have in mind that's going to be watching every single game on Sunday. Uh, you see, uh, they, I watch you it. Can't coach I, watch on it my staff. I watch it late, later during the week. You know, I go back and review the games. I don't watch them like you know as like a fan. I, I mean, yeah. I will watch the Super Bowl. I'm sure, but yeah, it's just. Nah, it doesn't Are you going to hate watch it? Uh, watching Burrow and <laughs> hoping he throws interceptions. No, I'm kind of buying into the whole um, into the whole thing about you know we're 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 really cursed uh, and unless Joe Burrow wins the uh, the championship for Cincinnati, um, 
Well, he you can't know, win. Uh, he can't win. He can't win because if he if he wins, then good God, man. Dan Marino had to get to the Super Bowl in his second year against by the way, the, you know, a lot of our listeners are kind of young, so they don't know this. Dolphins were 14 and 2 the year they went to the Super Bowl with Dan Marino. You heard that correctly. 14 and 2. But they ended up playing a road game because they went to Palo Alto, where the Stanford where Stanford Cardinal play. And they played the 15 and 1 49ers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so Dolphins ran into a buzzsaw and they were a four point underdog that day. They got, you know, they got lapped in that game. So, wasn't it? Is that the game? Um, did, uh, did, did Kurt Warner, the, uh, the running back, um, did he, did he run all over them? Is that the game that I'm thinking of? Roger Craig caught, caught a pile of passes and was it Roger scored. Craig. Yeah, although they gave the MVP to Joe Montana, but what yeah, thinking, which which game am I thinking of? Where Kurt Warner? Where Kurt, Kurt wasn't he? He wasn't on the 49ers anyway. He was on the, no. Kurt Warner was on, on the Seahawks in '83. Oh, Seahawks. Yeah, that was Marino's rookie year, the divisional round. Kurt Warner had a big game. Ah, that's right. Okay, that was it. Yeah. So yeah, the following year, Marino makes the Super Bowl in Joe Burrow's style and runs into a better team. Although his team was 14 and 2 with the best offense in the history of the sport at the time, by the way. And just ran into a team that was just better. They actually had a good defense and their offense was not too bad. Their offense was the number two ranked offense mm-hmm. <laughs> that season. So yeah. I don't know. Thoughts on the game? Do you have you think who do you think wins? I think it's, you know, this is this is the Rams year. They're at home. I think it's it's for them. I think it's gonna be close, but I I got the Rams like 27, 24 and a good one. Yeah, this seems like a destiny year for them. Um, and and I I mean, you know, they're they're very they always have reminded me this year they always have reminded me so much of like the um the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. Yeah. And um and it just seems it just seems fitting, you know, it's they were put together for this. I if there's one guy that I absolutely trust to just show up at that game and be a madman. It's Aaron Donald. Yes. Like 1,000%. Like he is not going to have a down game. <laughs> yeah, they're like lining him up at left end. Uh, I love yeah, that, I mean, the, it's, well, it's bit, that the Bengals, like Bosa. The Bengals are going to have Isaiah Prince out there trying to block Aaron Donald. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit like, yeah, oh, God. And it's a bit like, it's a bit like Bosa. I remember in that, um, that, game against the chiefs in the super Bowl. yes like if there was one guy playing like an absolute madman every freaking snap it was bosa and they almost won because of him like even though the the chiefs i think had them out gunned in so many ways but yet yeah, they almost won they almost won uh or the 49ers came actually kind of close in that game because of bosa yeah well that's it. Uh, maybe the next time we talk to you next week, we'll have a defensive coordinator. We'll have a filled out coaching staff. Maybe not. But a uh, little housekeeping. Next week is the final show of the season. And then we'll move on to the following season. Maybe we'll have a week off after next week. But that's it. There is no more. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. At 
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.